The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome everyone, namaste, and in the name of peace and intention, we greet you with an open heart and an open mind today. Always excited to share this show with you, as well as the tremendous, uh, talented, and amazing guests that we always feature here on the show. Um, I want to just recognize all of you as being intentional spirits. You know, there's, as we say each week, there's a huge difference between people who have good intentions, and people who are intentional. It's wonderful to have great ideas, etc., but to really carry them through regardless of external circumstances, that's what we know is an intentional spirit. That's one thing. The other thing we know is that people go through experiences so that they are shape-shifted into experts, and that's just like our guest today. I am so happy to have with us Dean Slider, He is an incredible human being. We've had him on our show before. He's backed by popular demand. I want to invite all of you that are part of our Facebook Live that if you will let us know, ask questions, uh, talk to Dean through me and through our comments because uh, we want this to be engaging. And, you know, he and I, we talk to ourselves all the time. And today we want to talk to you, right, Dean? (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Dean Slider has so much experience with meditation. He is someone that really lives his part and who he is. He's just incredible. He's been featured on um, Oprah's uh, magazine, and he has a new book out. I'll read you the title, Fearless, Living Beyond Fear, Anxiety, Anger, and Addiction. Wow. That's a lot in one title, and I have no doubt, no doubt that you have captivated um, what we need to hear. And how, I mean, can I say the timing is so powerful? I love it. And I'm going to stop right. talking now and give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the timing is almost too good. You know, fear, anxiety, yes. anger, and addiction are the things that almost seem to be in the drinking water these days. Uh, there's so much going around, whether for you know, because of, of the political scene or, you know, the, the things that are always with us, people with their relationship problems and their career problems and, you know, pro- just facing, you know, and then it all intensifies each other. Oh, if the economy is doing this, how do I afford to send my kids to college? Um and, of course, situations have to be dealt with. But what we do have control over, we don't have control over what's being thrown at us, but we do have control over who we are, what we are like, how we process it. And, the, you know, the big enemy really is, is fear because once you get stuck in that fear response, you don't think straight. You don't respond in the optimal way. So what I do in the book is I give people uh, big ways and little ways. You know, some of the things are like $100 bills, and some of them are like quarters. But, you know, when, when you need money for the parking meter, sometimes a quarter is more valuable than a $100 bill. So I give people big and little things that they can do to drop into that place of silence and wholeness, so that place that... Uh, you know, depending on what tradition you like, you call it nirvana or you call it the kingdom of heaven within. I like to call it just 
infinite okayness. You know, I like to Ooh, see wait a minute, first. wait a minute. We got to hang on to that one. <laughs> Let's don't go past that one. Infinite yeah. okayness. okayness. I love that. I want to yeah. be on that team. I mean, that just, <laughs> okay. it, it really does. That says it all. Andrea and really our group, I think we need to put that in our comments. Or somebody that's on Facebook Live, please do that. That really, that's where we want to be. Infinite yep. okayness. Yeah. Gosh, that's okayness. brilliant. Did you come up with that by yourself? <laughs> no, I stole, I stole that. You know, one of my teachers years and years ago, uh, a philosophy teacher I had years and years ago used that once, I think. I don't know if he even ever used it a second time, but I've been getting a lot of mileage out of it. You know, they oh say, always, always steal from the best. So, and I, <laughs> That's and, great. And I, that is so yeah. excellent. Sorry, I didn't want you to lose your train no, no, of thought no. there, but that was just, no, no I didn't problem. want to move on until we breathed that in. Yeah, no, you're right. We spent an hour breathing that one in. And, and, the, yes. and the thing is, the good news is that infinite okayness is not something that we have to create. What all the great sages tell us, whether it's the Jesus or the Buddha or Lao Tzu or, you know, Al-Halaj or the Baal Shem Tov, what they all say is that is already right there within you, that that is actually the core of your being. That's what you are. There's all this stuff on the outside that we get caught up in, but what you yes. are is this perfect kind of clear horizon silence that's witnessing it all, and you can drop into that any time. And more and more, not only drop into it sitting with your eyes closed and calling it meditation, but sitting there at the red light. You know when you're, you're sitting at the red light and you're in a hurry and you're, you're, you find yourself kind of gripping the wheel tighter and just subtly leaning forward, trying to make the light turn green a little faster. You know that one? Okay, I seem to have lost you, but in case you all are hearing me, the uh, the solution to that one is is let it go. Loosen your grip and, and sit back and just acknowledge that you're not, not going to make that light turn green any faster. Hello. Um, unexpected things and no big deal. And... What could be so bad about being with all of you? It doesn't topple my boat. So we'll have Dean on with us in just a moment because he's a brilliant guy. And I, I want you to have, uh, I mean, certainly I love talking to all of you, but I also want you to have his great, great wisdom. So he'll be with us in just a moment. All right, and I welcome you, Debbie and Virginia, and it's so good to see all of you with us today. Thank you for being here on Facebook Live with us, and those of you that are listening on MP3, we love having you as well. All right, there he is. There's our guy. Welcome back. Well, you know, it just went blank, and that's the way life can be, right? Sometimes we just go blank, and we just... Figure out a way Indeed. to work with it. So uh-huh. I've been doing a little bit of teaching with everybody, Dean. I was letting them know some things I was teaching at the college today. And so back mm-hmm. to you. Back to you. Okay. Um, I'm not sure where where you were, where we were when we cut out. I was talking about sitting at red lights and, you know, straining forward, trying to make them turn green faster. And, yes. um I don't know if you've you've ever done that one, and uh, if, if so, you probably noticed that it doesn't work. You know what what I've noticed, um, and and this is a, a true story about mm-hmm. my life, of course. And then I heard a comedian say at one time, "When you make a decisive moment in your life, one that you have to be in a hurry, it seems that." The committee, the universal committee to slow you down, all their systems gets alerted at one time. <laughs> I mean, talk about, talk about when you are on the path of most resistance, okay? Mm-hmm. And you're in the mm-hmm. grocery line and there's somebody that's going to write a check. 
and you're in a hurry right. and they haven't written a check in, in for years and they don't know right. how to spell the grocery store or right. they meant to get something and they didn't or you're passing a car and then four cars get in front of you that's slower. You're right. It doesn't work. Yes, it, it, it doesn't. And um, what is really effective, I have found in my life and in the, the people that I work with, is to really, really see that. To really yes. get, let, let's put it in the simplest terms. You, no matter how hard you try, no matter how many man hours or woman hours you spend for the rest of your life trying to make green lights turn green, trying to make red lights turn green faster, you will never, ever make it turn green even one nanosecond faster. And if you really, really see that, oh, what a relief. It means that instead of straining against that, you can let it go, breathe out, and settle into your inner silence right there sitting at the red light. Now, the next thing is look at how many other kinds of red lights in your life that you're straining against. You know, I remember my parents shouting at the TV set, Richard Nixon, and I used to wonder, (laughs) do they know that Nixon can't hear them through the TV screen? Right, right, that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now, now it doesn't mean that we become passive and apathetic, which is kind of the, you know, the old stereotype of meditators that were just sitting there like, Oh, yeah, mellow, man, whatever. Uh, Not at all. What it means is quite the opposite. It means that we regain all that energy that we might have wasted straining trying to do the impossible, all that energy that we waste spinning our wheels uh, and and in worry, and, you know, worry, which is a complete waste of life. And instead, we, you know, in the open space where all that, worry was, we have more clarity, we have more energy, we have more opportunity to make right choices that will actually help the lives of ourselves and others. Well, in, you know, your, I, in, your, in your book, and I want to um, remind those that are listening, um, you can go on the internet and go to fearlessbook, net. And you can uh, not only order the book, but you can find out more about Dean Slider and all the various things that he's up to. You can also see his article that was in Oprah Magazine. Um, when uh, what was there a particular reason um, that Dean you felt it was important to write about the power of being fearless? I mean, I think we can all those of us that are listening to you make assumptions. But was uh-huh. there a particular moment or event that you um, realized this is mine to do and I'm the one that has to do it? Well, it was, you know, as we were saying a little bit earlier, there's so much, it's kind of a perfect storm going on in our world right now of, of things to, to scare the poo out of you. Uh, and, and that pretty much motivated it. And I was actually in the middle of writing the book when the uh, election night happened in November of 2016. And, you know, no matter what your politics are, whether you're, you know, red state or blue state, I I think we all can pretty much agree it's it's been a a bit of a white-knuckle ride. Uh, You know, uh, I saw saw a, a cartoon in a magazine the other day. It shows a guy in his pajamas kind of shuffling out of the bedroom, his hair is all messed up, and he's got a, you know, his beard stubble, and he's shuffling into the kitchen where his wife is making breakfast, and the guy says, I just got up. Anything bad happened yet? <laughs> oh, that's the truth. Yeah. There's, a, there's an energy yeah. going on about that, that's for sure. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, there, yeah, there sure is. So... In addition to you know, walking people through the most effective way to actually sit with your eyes closed for 10, 15 minutes a day in what we call meditation. And the most effective way to do that, by the way, is effortlessness. Because, mm-hmm. you know, any, any effort, to, and this is a big, big point that a lot of people uh, get stuck on, um, 
most people think of meditation as effort, trying to clear the mind, trying to push away thoughts, trying to focus or concentrate on this or that. And all those things are self-defeating because any effort to create a non-agitated state of mind is itself a form of agitation. So we wind up chasing our tail. So what I, you know, and I've been doing this traveling around the country teaching meditation, natural meditation, effortless meditation since 1970. And what I show people is how easy it is to let go of that effort and just sink into yourself, to stop pushing and allow yourself to be pulled within. So the book, we walk through that. And uh, also on my website, by the way, there's a page called Meditate Now where I have guided meditation audio tracks where I walk people through the effortlessness. And anyone, you can stream that right from the page, and it's, it's free and open to everyone. So we have that, that core practice of natural meditation. And then I've got a bunch of little practices, as I said, like, you know, quarters for the parking meter. Um, for example, one of them, and this one I find people love this, is when you find yourself being caught up and, oh, yeah, your, your mind is going blah, 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 blah. What about this? What about that? I'm worried about that. What you do is you just once, you clap your hands in front of your eyes and drop your thoughts for five seconds. You know, just, just drop it all. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to push anything away. Just release your grip on the whole thing for five seconds. And then after six seconds, fine, it comes back, but you've reduced its power over you. Wow, yes. Yeah, and and because all that stuff, that all that worry, and for that matter, belief systems, everything, it's all made out of thoughts. You know, like here, here's a question for you. When you're deep asleep, when you are in the state of, of deep, dreamless sleep, are you a liberal or a conservative? Mm. <laughs> right? Are you a are you a Christian or a Buddhist or an atheist or what when you're in the state of deep sleep? And of course the answer is none of the above. You can't be any of those things when you're not thinking. Yeah, right? that's it, very it, true. That's yeah, very profound. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it is it is profound and that so, so you don't have any that, titles when you're sleeping. There's exactly. no, no labels, no tattoos, uh, no separation, any of that. Exactly, and that is the place. That's actually that kingdom of heaven, that that nirvana, that place of perfect, infinite okayness. We actually we hang out there for every night for you know five, six, seven, eight hours. The problem is that we're conked out. We're asleep. Now, what happens in through these meditative practices is more and more we learn how to hang out in that place of perfect, open silence without conking out, so that right. it's alert. We're alert in the silence. We're conscious of the silence, and then more and more we're doing we're 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 acting from that all the time, twenty four seven, and that's when it gets to be fun. <laughs> you know, people call that awakening. They call it enlightenment. I just call it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I love that. I mean, you're just you're sharing so many nuggets today, and I'm I'm wanting to get some more questions from our audience because I I love them, you know, participating with us. But I was thinking about when you were talking about you know meditating or deciding not to worry. When it is requiring you to put so much work into it, you may as well stop and walk away. And I, I, I say that to our community often because, um, you know, people say, well, we'd love to do silence. When you have several hundred people and you're wanting to do silence, it is so much work to try to be silent. It's, uh-huh. it's, a, it, it's an, it's effort. To be silent because people start to cough and children start to cry and then the people beside them get agitated. We're supposed to be silent. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, um, and, and I, I love that and I love how, how you articulated that because 
That's how I was taught, is that if you force meditation upon yourself because you're supposed to be doing it a certain way or a certain time of day, you've missed the whole point. Yeah, you know, any any of that supposed to, oh, you're supposed to do it this way, you're supposed to sit like that, you're supposed to experience this, you're supposed to push that away. All that supposing, you know, all that's supposed to, that's supposing, you know what that supposing is, is? That's thoughts. That's just more thoughts. So if you're sitting there thinking, I'm not supposed to have these thoughts, that's just another thought. You're, in, the, in the name of in the name of non thought, you're you're just buying into another thought, and it's just more and more chasing one's tail. Uh, but again, the the good news is that, and usually you do need to spend a little time with a teacher who is you know has a lot of experience in kind of pulling those rugs out from under people, so that they. And go into a little bit of free fall and experience. Oh, yeah, it's so simple. So I do that in the book and also uh, on that Meditate Now page on my website where you can use the uh, audio tracks. And so throughout the body of your book, um, you give several um, examples and steps and practices that people can take that right. will position them to be in a place of being more more fearless and I'm sure much more authentic. And um, so the premise, if I if I'm flowing with you correctly, the premise of the identity of being fearless is to learn how to not have to be aware of all the thoughts and to be very selective of which ones you hold on to. Well, yeah, to a, to a certain extent. Let me let me just uh, tweak that a little bit. First okay. Of all, let, let, first of all, let me point out that what I'm talking about, and the title of the book, is not fearless. It's fearless. Two words, fearless. I have not met anyone who's fearless. I'm not fearless. I've met the Dalai Lama, and he's he's afraid of worms, but he jokes about it. it you know, it's just it's just a lot of fun at this point. Um, I think of our fears as being like, they, they, they seem at first like big, scary monsters that are right above our head, just looming over us. Now, right. if, we start to, if we start to look at them a little closer, we realize that they're like the, uh, the, the, the balloons in the Macy's Day Parade. You know, they, 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 they look very big, but they're, they're full of hot air. And the hot air right. in this case is, is our, they're filled with our thoughts. We, we keep them inflated with our thoughts. So what I do in the book and in my teaching, and by the way, I'm doing a lot of touring across the U.S. right now, to leading workshops in, in this stuff, and, and my tour schedule's on the website. So what I teach people to do is, okay, this method, you can use this method, it's like a little pin, and this method is like another little pin. If we can just put a couple little pinholes in those big monster balloons, the hot air starts to come out of them. They don't have to go away, but after a while, they just become these soft, puffy little you know things bouncing around our ankles. And it's 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 okay that they're there. They just lose their power over us. We fear less. So that's the one part of it. The other part is that um, as we get more familiar with that inner silence, which is the field of infinite okayness, which is the core of our own being, as we just spend more time every day marinating in that, and more and more, you know, it's like throwing a sponge, in, a dry sponge into a bucket of water. The, the sponge comes out wet. So we, we throw ourselves, we throw our nervous system into that place of infinite silence, infinite okayness. And then we come back into activity, and to some degree, we're still saturated with that quality. And the more we do that, the more the, for one thing, there's fewer thoughts there. There's fewer thoughts there. It's as if, it's like a car whose engine starts to run cooler. It starts to idle more quietly. So in the same way, we have fewer worried thoughts. We have fewer uh, useless thoughts. And it become and our path of action 
becomes clearer and clearer without it it's it's less and less a matter of even selecting which thoughts to use it's just we 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 think less and we see more you know can you hear that we think less and we see more it's, oh yeah like, totally yeah mm-hmm. this I'm, is, this I'm totally with you and people yeah. i don't think understand that it requires practice you know you don't get there in a day it it, be, it it really does require an awareness of self-observation, don't you think? It, it, it requires putting in some time. Uh, yeah, I have to. I use this word practice. I'm not wild about that because it sounds like practicing the violin. It sounds like work, you know. But this is more like you know practicing walking on the beach with your loved one or practicing putting on your headphones and, and listening to your favorite music. Uh, the kingdom of, it's called the kingdom of heaven. It's called nirvana because it's, it's, oh, it's just, oh, yeah, this is what I was looking for all along. And so, you know, marinating in that is just, uh, uh, it, it's great. And when you really, when you get, have someone put you onto the effortlessness of it, it doesn't take long. You, 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 you can, I mean, I've had people, I had, and I, I do talk um, to some degree in the book about addiction because there is a lot of substance addiction going on right now, as well as cell phone addiction and you know food addiction, sex addiction, gaming addiction, and so forth. Um, I had a, a girl about nineteen or twenty came to a couple of our meditation meetings here in our in our home center in, in Santa Monica, uh, next to Los Angeles. And she came a couple of times, didn't say anything. Uh, then one night she was about to leave, and she took me aside, and she said, I just want to tell you, I'm a heroin addict. I've been clean for six months. In the meditation tonight, I sank into a place that was so deep and clear and silent and healing and blissful I didn't think I could feel like that again in this life without drugs. Oh, wow. That's powerful. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, you know, there's so much, um, you know, alarm about the opioid crisis and so forth, uh, as well there should. But unless people are getting access to that place within that is so deep and peaceful and blissful, then... Any, you know, any attempt to deal with addiction is only going to be so effective. It's not going to go all the way. You know, it's funny. You drive around Los Angeles here, and there's a lot of places where they have 12-step meetings. And you can always tell where the 12-step meetings are because you see the people outside on the sidewalk smoking cigarette after cigarette. (laughs) You know, because maybe they have... They, they've stopped uh, taking drugs or they've stopped drinking, but that because that deep healing silence has not been, because they're not marinating in that, the basic problem is still there. So instead they indulge in cigarettes, which, by the way, are America's number one killer drug. Cigarettes kill ten times as many people as opioids. Yes, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And it, it, it's just so sad. Um, well, because of what it also does in preventing someone to, from being free. You know, I mean, I, I think that's one of the root things about addiction is you're not free. Um, there's a, right. there's a subtle or profound, uh, preoccupation with when the next mm-hmm. moment is going to be. So yes, I, I am, uh, quite shocked. Um, and I, I was one of those people with the, um, you know, the alcoholism because sometimes people will say, you know, well, I don't drink like that or I only drink on that night. And I like to say that alcoholism is not when you drink or how often you drink. It's what you become when you do. And, right. Uh, right. And um, I love that you're addressing this in a person being able to fear less because when you are into the practice of those addictions, um, you're not all there. I, I just, um, the esteem isn't there. Uh, the assertiveness value isn't there. Um, I, I haven't met anybody that that would be the case. Let me just put it that way. How's that? Uh, uh-huh. 
Yeah. But, you know, again, the good news is that it's, it's, it's reversible. It's not the end of the road. And, and people Absolutely. who feel, yeah, people who feel stuck in, in addiction feel, often feel that, well, this is it. I'm just going to be banging my head against that particular wall for the rest of my life. And it doesn't have to be so. You know, they, they, they may have experienced all the possibilities and all the limitations when they're not taking 10, 15 minutes a day to sink into the kingdom of heaven within. Okay, fine. You've tried that for 20 years, 30 years, 50 years. I say try it with the meditation for a month. You know, give it a month and then give me a, give me a call back. Tell me how you're doing. And, uh, I just, you know, I've been teaching this stuff since 1970. I work with maximum security prisoners, people that society has written off and saying, you know, these people's lives are over. They're useless. I've seen incredible wow. transformations. Yeah, I so didn't I know, know that. I didn't know yeah. that about you, Dean, and I thought I knew a lot about you. Yeah. I didn't and know fact, that you were ma- with maximum security prisoners. I had. How long have you been doing that? I've been doing that since 2005, and I have one particular wow. group in New. Yeah, I've got one particular group in New Jersey, in Northern State Prison in Newark, uh, which is considered the roughest prison in New Jersey. I'm flying out there tomorrow. Uh, actually, I'm flying out in about an hour, and I'll be meeting with my guys at Northern State tomorrow night. They're my favorite people to work with, and I have actually three or four. Uh, of my favorite stories in the new book about working with these guys because I learned so much from them. Wow, that is that is so powerful. Um, give me, uh, uh, can you tell a couple of stories? Obviously, you know, keeping confidentiality, but is yeah. there a story that comes to mind, you know, a before and after story in working mm-hmm. with one of them? Yeah, let me tell you, first let me back up for just a second, because you were talking okay. before about, oh, the difficulties with silence, and they, yes. and they are, they're the masters of this, because in prison it's never quiet. You know, they live on these tiers where it's, you know, 24-7, radios playing and TVs playing and loud, yes. you know, conversations and arguments, and they're sitting there meditating. Uh, and what they've learned is that, you know, what they've learned from necessity, because they don't have the luxury of saying, okay, well, if I just, you know, change this or change that, maybe I can make the place silence. They know they're going to be there for, you know, 30 years in some cases, and it's going to be noisy. And what they discover is, ah, the kingdom of silence is within you. It doesn't matter what's going on on the outside. And we experience this every day. You know, you go to a restaurant you're sitting there talking with the person that your friend at your table. There can be conversations at the other 49 tables, and you don't even notice them unless you decide to make it a problem and walk around trying to shush everyone else. Yeah, that's very true. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no yeah, doubt yeah. about it. You'll like this one. Silence is more than the absence of noise. It's the discovery of peace within. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, in the same, I, in the I think same that's, way. That's what you're you're talking about. So these these prisoners you're teaching in you're are you teaching them from the book Fearless? Well, this, this you know this book just came out last month. So actually, I'm bringing I'm bringing a carton of the new book for them. They've been reading my my earlier oh, book. You know, this, this is how my exciting. Yeah, How exciting. The book we're talking about is, go to the website, everyone tuning in, fearlessbook.net. And you'll also be able to get Dean's speaking schedule and the various other things that he is doing. Um, we're just very excited to have you on our show today. And it's funny that fearless is two different words, but it, it's very easy to collapse or sound like you're collapsing into one word, but it's all, all right. good. <laughs> right. Right. We'll it's, aim it's, for whatever we can get, right? Right, right. So let me tell you, you, you asked about uh, a story about a prisoner. There's one story which is in the book, and I actually, this, this guy wrote out his life story for me in a series of letters. And and I have the, the excerpts from the letters in, in one chapter in the book. The chapter is titled Testimony. Um, this is a guy who was this, you know, happy-go-lucky seven-year-old kid 
on the streets of Newark, New Jersey, a pretty rough town. And every day he would go to this one street corner where the friendly local drug dealer would hand him a dollar so he could run to the candy store and buy candy. But one day, just as the drug dealer is handing him a dollar, there's a drive-by. The dealer is attacked, uh, and, and he's lying there dying. And little seven-year-old, I call him seven-year-old Lucio, is horrified and realizes he's got blood spattered all over him. And, and here's the, the friendly drug dealer dead in, in front of him. Now, when that happens to you at the age of seven, you know, uh, boy, it's just, it's just really, really hard to have a, a decent, any kind of decent outcome. Then he tells the story how a little bit later on, you know, things were bad in his home. Uh, he had an older cousin who he wound up living with, but the cousin would bring him into the backyard. Uh, we're losing you, Dean. I'm not really sure why, but our our volume is going out. We have you fading out. Well, I think this will go on record as the most interesting show that we've had thus far. I want to give a shout out to Deanna and Rick. Thank you for being here. And Kim, it's always good to to see you. And um, we have a, an incredible psychic on the line. He's joining us. And I know that I saw his posting on Facebook that I think he said that Mercury's in retrograde till April 15th. And, and Rick Finbo, I've been telling people that if I didn't believe Mercury's in retrograde and I didn't believe in that, today would be my convincing day. <laughs> so what are you going to do? So I'd, I'm just in awe of um, that we have had Dean on our show today. He's just this amazing author. I'm going to make sure we have him back because in spite of everything, we do have an elephant in the room and that we've had a number of satellite connections and disconnections. And I'm so back. anyway, I tell you, I was just telling our audience, we're going to have you back. Okay. Because okay. it has been, um, I'm, I'm really easy at, you know, going with distractions and stuff like that. It's no big deal, but I must say this is our fourth one we've had um, embedded in this time. So I definitely, with your book being so new out, and I was aware that it is, um, mm-hmm. I want us to have you again real soon. Would that be okay with you so we can, you know, really Absolutely. have a full show that we're not going back and forth and then starting and backtracking? Um, because you just have so much uh, wisdom, and I I love how you go in the back door of so many different conversations. But anyway, you were telling the story of the seven-year-old that saw the violent mm-hmm. Murder, right? And then, and so then, let's pick up from there, and because um, we were all like leaning forward, wanting to hear how that turns <laughs> right. out. <laughs> right. So, so then, you know, the things were very difficult at home, and he wound up living with an older cousin. But his older cousin was into guns and would bring him into the backyard and have him first practice shooting targets, and soon he had him shooting dogs, and then he tried to get him to start shooting people. And, oh, my God. Uh, and he yeah, shot it, dogs. It, yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> right. And so by the, when I met him, uh, he, was, he was, I believe, 33 years old, and he'd been locked up for 11 of those years for one third of his life. And I was, I had the, the group meeting every Thursday night. It still meets every Thursday night. And the first time he came in, it was in 2005 and a friend brought him in and he walked in and he looked, his eyes were just hooded. Like he was looking around like, you know, what the hell is this? And he, his arms were covered with tattoos. One tattoo said, in me I trust. And he just looked like a coiled spring, like he was ready to, you know, to just to lash out at any moment. But he sat down, he did the meditation, and at the end of the meditation, I could see he looked a little bit softened up. His eyes looked a little bit less fierce. 
And the next week, the next Thursday, he came back, did the meditation again, softened up a little more. After about a month of that, he took me aside at the end of the meeting and he said, okay, I've got a question. How can I purify murder? Oh, wow. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. How can yeah. I purify murder? Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, it was incredible. And by the time, a few years later, about five years later, I got uh, I got married. My first wife had passed, and I got remarried. I moved out here to California, and they didn't find a replacement for me leading that group. So Lucio, this prisoner, wound up leading the group, and he was just so transformed. Just he'd become that happy, you know, seven year old heart that he'd been before all this junk was piled on top of it. And then he would send me letters, including these letters with his life story. One day he sent me a little lumpy package, and I opened it up. And he had had his hair in kind of long cornrows. I opened up this lumpy package. It was his hair with a note saying, (laughs) uh, it said, please donate this to Locks of Love for some kid who's lost his hair to chemotherapy. Oh, my gosh. That is such a rich and... And beautiful story. It's it's what we keep embedded in our hearts, right? To go the next right. step and take that right. next moment and, and know that ultimately it's it's all worth it. Oh wow, mm-hmm. that is so so powerful. Now will he remain in prison? Or is there no, a he's chance out. he No, he's, he's out. out. He's been he's been out for I think about five years now and we keep in touch and you know, I've tried to give him some help and advice in some ways for someone like that being out of prison in some ways presents harder challenges than being in you know for oh, yeah. for someone yeah. for people who don't have a lot of education and they've got you know that 11 year gap in their resume when they were locked up uh it's very hard to get employment and uh there's a lot of unscrupulous employers who who take advantage of of ex-offenders like that uh this is a big issue i think that has to be addressed in our country but in any case you know having the meditation having that ability that knowledge of how to fall back into his own silences made a crucial difference at one point he was put in he was brought up on while he was still in prison he was brought up on charges uh which may have been you know just trumped up charges and for i think it was three months he was put in what they call administrative segregation which is solitary confinement completely you know brutal inhumane practice and they put him they actually shipped him to another prison where they put him in a in a cell right above the boiler room where it was like 100 degrees all the time oh, and so what what he did was he said, okay, uh, he took off his clothes. He said, I guess it's time for a meditation retreat. And basically he, you know, closed his eyes for the next three months. And when he came back, he said, yeah, it was a rough at first, but I'm sure glad you showed me how to go inside myself because, you know, on the outside there was nothing. That is so powerful. Well, Dean, you are definitely a person that makes the world a better place because you're in it. Um, I want to thank you for being a trooper today with the technology that's been going on with us. And and no, we're not going to allow it to be our story. But yet it it was part of our experience today. And we just kept continuing on and, and wanting to get our messages through. I want to thank all of you for joining us on Facebook Live. I want to thank and for you sharing the show, uh, there's still a lot of content that many people can can benefit. And I want to reiterate again to go to the website fearlessbook.net and um, keep up with Dean Slider and what he's up to because he's an incredible human being. Dean, we'll have you on the show again real soon, as soon as we can find a space because uh, we want to be able to talk a full hour and actually delve into uh, some of these issues with the ability to fear less um, and anxiety and uh, addiction and those kind of things. Because uh, you're right, it's uh, there couldn't be a better time right now uh, for that book to be out. And those of you listening, you know, get a copy and it's the kind of gift you want to give to your family. 
Thank you so much for being here, and thank you for always making us part of your Wednesday. Thank you. All right, Dean. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Sometimes life can seem like a jigsaw puzzle. Even if we think we have a clear picture of what we want, we may become overwhelmed in our efforts to fit all the pieces together. Although each of our lives may look different on the outside, what we are all striving to create is the same, peace of mind. We mistakenly think that peace will be ours once we have fit all the pieces of our lives into place. But peace isn't dependent on outer circumstances, and it's not something that must be finished. It's a work in progress within each of us. If I want to picture peace clearly, I look within myself. The peace I've been missing is there. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 